Hello and welcome to Messages at BBC. In these messages, you'll hear from professors, staff, guest speakers, as well as students. These messages were spoken and recorded on campus at Boise Bible College. If you'd like to check out Boise Bible College, please see our website at boisebible.edu. These faces that we just watched, they, uh, they resemble a key word in the mission statement of this college. Here it is. Read it with me. Boise Bible College glorifies God by equipping servant leaders who build up the church to advance the gospel worldwide. There's the word. We exist by equipping servant leaders in order the church be built and strong and healthy because we believe theologically through the bride, the gospel is lived out in the most beautiful, relevant way. And that's not just in a white-skinned, English-speaking way. It's a worldwide way, right? And so those faces we watch, they really just resemble a big word that's in our mission statement and why we do what we do. And I think it's important for us to think about that as we get going here. This is the church we're talking about, the church worldwide, not just our own nation. But our tendency is, when you hear church, it's really easy to think about yours, what it's like and the style of it. But I want to just right out of the gate for the next uh, semester and following semester that we think broader. When you hear church, may it be that we are inclined to think worldwide church, not just my church. That's what this theme is about. I'm privileged to kind of kick it off here. The church, the called out community of Jesus, called out. We're going to unpack that, but called out from an old creation, from, an, from, an, from the evil that Satan has unleashed in our world, called out from that for a new creation, for something more glorious, an assignment that we have for the world to participate in this community, in this church. I couldn't help but think, I've heard those songs, Scott, but I was listening to it through a whole different lens than I've ever thought of before because of the worldwide word in our mission statement. Every line on the screen, I was thinking about, not me, but about those folks in nations that don't know about the rescue of Jesus and how one day they would sing those songs in a different way. How they would sing songs that we're used to. I want us to think globally about everything we do as church. Of course it's your church. Back home, maybe the one you land in here. But it's so much bigger than that. May we redefine that. So, welcome to the journey this year as we talk about the church. Speaking of journey, uh, I got a few pictures of us that we started out this last weekend. Our journey down the river. This is always fun. Uh, check out the facial expressions of everybody. It, how lovely. Look how calm. Okay, go to the next picture. All right, not too bad. Got a little water action going on there. Marcus looking like, you know, okay. Katie. Oh! Oh, okay, check out the faces here. I mean, you got some right up front, kind of, look, look at Lydia in the back, party! Can you just see it? But look, it doesn't change, Lydia, yeah, bring it on! And there we go. Okay, how about the next one? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Cody's back there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there we go. Smiles, happy, made it through. All right, how about the next one? Oh, Eli. 
you know it's a pretty interesting experience. Go back one more slide. Look at the guide's face. <laughs> you know, ah! <laughs> All right, go to the go forward. There we are. They made it through. You're, yeah, that's the first one, and you're soaked for the rest of the trip. How about one more? I think we got one more group. Who in the world is this? <laughs> Who's in that boat? Let's see if we can get a better picture. Go to the, there they are. <laughs> Look at them right up front. Oh, man. <laughs> is there one? Oh, yeah, one more group. Here we go. One more group. Yeah. Oh, go back. Go back. Go back a previous slide. Look at that. Pretty calm. Okay, go forward. Boom. Uh, go back. Go back one more slide. Do you see Tammy on the right and, and their daughter, Cody and Tammy's daughter? Look at her. She's looking at the camera. Look at that. She's like, there it is. Okay, next slide. Where is she? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Is there one more group or are we, oh, oh yes, look at this. You know what, there's about six pictures of this group and Hayden, your facial expression doesn't change at all. It's like, just chill, just chill, it's awesome. There he's checking out the fish, right? So, yeah, that's pretty good. I love the facial expressions. I think that's, oh, one more, Cody. <laughs> I love Cody. He's soothing that leg. He didn't know it was broken there. <laughs> but look at that. Just kind of floating, taking it easy, thumbs up, right? So speaking of, of, uh, of, of faces around the world, we got some beautiful faces here. In fact, if you, if you look around our student body this year, this year we have actually an international face amongst us. Let's start with some U.S. states. I think I got the list down. You tell me if I missed your state, I apologize, okay? But I think we got students this year from Illinois, Montana, uh, Wyoming, Alaska, Utah, California, Colorado, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Arizona, Florida, and Virginia. New Mexico. Thank you. But that's just in the United States, in our nation, U.S., but we've got students from Pakistan, Australia, Zimbabwe, Thailand, Haiti, Bermuda, and Eritrea, which is near Ethiopia. We've got an international face amongst us this year. Pretty cool. You take a composite picture of this student body, and it reflects the internation of the church. That's good. That's really good. It fits our mission statement that we equip leaders that will serve to build the church, to advance the gospel. Where? Worldwide. And we want to try to take on that face as much as we can. Our alumni, actually, graduates of our school, are working in different places in churches of all sorts of congregations and different language contexts. Worldwide, Did you know, did you know, we currently have 17 alumni, well, alumni, sorry, serving in 17 different nations. Let me run it off real fast. Australia, Kenya, Southeast Asia, Central Asia, Germany, England, India, North Africa, New, New Zealand, Middle East, uh, Philippines, Papua New Guinea, Tanzania, Thailand, Uganda, Uganda, Yakima Nation, and Zimbabwe. We have 10 graduates that are actually in the pipeline to do cross-cultural work. Recent grads that are prepped to go, that are prepping to go. We have four grads currently that live in the U.S. that go overseas regularly, a couple of times a year, to their nation. And we have three grads that are doing cross-cultural, international work in the United States. Our alum are doing some things that fit our mission statement. 
worldwide. Here's the point. Now that you're a part of the BBC family, welcome to the family, by the way. Now that you're a part of it, you influence the international face of God. The international community of Jesus. You influence the church, the called out ones. You now are an influential person from this world and the trappings of it to play a vital role in nations that don't even have a context for the name Jesus yet. No Bible in many nations, no missionaries yet in many nations, and you play an influence in that. That's the church worldwide. Personally, personally, I, I've seen God's face internationally. There are more contours of it that I want to experience, but I've seen God's face through a variety of different groups of Jesus people, different churches. Uh, I went off to Bible college at Ozark Christian College, and I was blown away by the international influence that Ozark had had across the world. Missionaries, alumni from that college coming back to speak in chapel, like here. Coming back. I was blown away at the world coming to, the, to that campus to testify about the work that was going on internationally and alumni speaking about the church. And as a freshman at Ozark Christian College, I committed publicly that I would do what I could do. I didn't know what it was. I was a fearful young kid. But I wanted to commit, and I did commit, to serve and to build up the international church. Actually, that's what's driving me to do what I do today, way back when, pre-Nell. <laughs> and I have seen firsthand the international church. It started out in my 20s, early 20s, as a, my first ministry in the Portland area uh, in Oregon. We, we allowed a Hispanic ministry to use our church building in the afternoons and the evenings. And that was my real first engagement with, with the sights and sounds and smells of Christians who from birth don't speak English. And then in my later 20s, I, I went to seminary in Illinois, graduate school, and and I met a classmate named Saria Wangratanamacha. Yes, Stephen. That would be John's father. We met back in Illinois. And, and I, my family and Stephen's family, we made an intimate connection. And, and we've been friends now for over 20 years. Families, just doing things together. And, and keeping my commitment that I made at Ozark, I... To, to build up the international church, and at that time, a young father wanting my kids to get a glimpse of the face of the international church. I committed to Stephen in seminary that, that, that I would be the forwarding agent for a, a mission that he wanted to start back in Southeast Asia called Asians for Christ over 20 years ago. I committed I'd be there every three to five years. I think I've been pretty close to that promise. It wasn't until my 30s, though, year 2000, that I was ministering with a pretty internationally sensitive church in Texas, and that was my first trip out of the U.S., from Dallas to Los Angeles and walking from the domestic terminal to the international terminal and walking into that building in L.A. with all the smells and colors just rushing into me and then going to the gate, and I was the tallest white-skinned person at this gate flying to Asia, <laughs> and I had ramen noodles as one of my meals, 
it was early on before Better Meals happened, and I was flying through Taiwan because the church supported a missionary in Taiwan, and then I flew on to Chiang Mai my first time with Stephen in his home. Uh, John, little John, was two at the moment. I've got some cute pictures of little John. <laughs> Chilly mornings, I remember this, sleeping on an on a upstairs wood floor in a little mosquito netting, and, and, and I didn't have an alarm clock because the roosters took care of that early on. I remember the smell of open fire, like camping. It was just how they cooked all the time. And, and singing songs from a hymn book that I was trying to pronounce letters from and words from. Hymns I knew the tune to, but had never read it from that language group before. And open air buildings with children running around and dimly lit fluorescent bulbs for the evening sessions. And using squatty potties for the first time. What a joy! And then in Thailand, just the absolute heaven on earth through the fruit of Thailand and Southeast Asia. And then back to Oregon, the church in Oregon, we, we supported missionaries in Korea and in Africa and in Mexico. And I made a return trip to Chiang Mai, Thailand. And, and then I also made a trip in that season of my life to Nairobi, Kenya, because we supported a mission there. And before coming to BBC, I was in Colorado, a Longmont Christian church, and, a Lifebridge Christian church in Longmont, and a very sensitive church to, to local missions as well as global missions. And I made another trip, had the privilege of serving alongside Johnny Morse from the Morse family, if you know the missiology history of the Morse family, and then into Stephen's life again. And now at Eagle Christian, that's my home church here, while we, a very, very influential church locally and globally, and I've made trips to China where there is an alum of BBC who is a part of Eagle Christian, Phoebe, if you know that. Here's my point. Nine different churches that I've been so blessed to be a part of, either my birth church or churches I've been hired at. Nine different churches that I've intimately seen and I've witnessed the international face of God. And then through ministry, and now at BBC, the privilege of, of seeing alum around the Northwest and around the country and around the world, hundreds of churches I'm just blessed, and I want to help you get that blessing, <laughs> to see the contours of the international face of God from a perspective you can't even hardly imagine some of you at this moment. Since joining BBC, I, I've been privileged to, to have some generous friends outside of BBC fund me to go to the Philippines to see an alum there. And to India and to see alum there. And China, I'm heading to Europe shortly to see alum there. I just have friends that are supporting me. And I want to share the stories of you so you can catch the bug. Not just the travel bug. Actually, traveling is really hard. You don't sleep very well. And people tip their seats back in front of you. And the food isn't always the best. And your flights get delayed. It's not very sexy when you do it a couple of times. It's hard. And the time zones, I've heard every time zone you travel is about a day of recovery when you get back. It's just hard. It's not luxurious. But I'll tell you what, it's the best thing you could ever do if you have the opportunity. But you may not need to travel outside the U.S. We have churches in the U.S. Right here in Boise, very international expressions that are diverse from yours. They may not even speak English. Right here in our time zone. Get to appreciate the beauty of God's face right here. I'm privileged to see the face of God in the church inside and out. I pray you're privileged and you get blessed. And wow, what a diverse bunch of people. 
We're fun. We are unique. But here's the common DNA. However they practice communion or sing or men on one side and women on the other side or whatever the language is or whatever cultural trappings there are, here's the common thing. The DNA is always Jesus and the eternal gospel every time, every time. That's what bonds us together. The international face of Jesus collects these people of Jesus in a wonderful way. You really ought to see the face of God. John did. The Apostle John tells us about his encounter with the face of God. Early in John's vision, he was transported, teleported, taken. I don't know what word you want to say. He was, he was given the experience several times to go to the end of time. Here, John, get a glimpse of the end. And throughout Revelation, we see from John's angle his journal of the journey of the completed church, of the perfected church, of the whole church. It starts out here, Revelation chapter 7. John, John describes a church like a great multitude which no one could count from every nation, from every nation and all tribes, a multitude of peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb. A few chapters later in chapter 19, the church is being composed of Christians from every nation. And they're standing, they're collectively standing before the Lamb, their groom. They're about to say, I do. And John says, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride, his internationed bride, has made herself ready. Chapter 21, John heard a voice from the throne, the throne of the Lamb, saying, God will dwell among them. You heard Connor talk about the them, the nations, and they shall be his people. A few verses later in chapter 21, John saw yet another glimpse of Jesus' intercultural bride as described by an angel. Come, John, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. She'll look different than you think. In Revelation 21, right near the end, without notice, the metaphor shifts from the bride to a city a city that has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God has illumined the city, and its lamp is the Lamb, a light by which the nations will walk. And then one final image you heard Connor refer to this, God's throne and the Lamb in the heart of the city is the source of healing for the nations. And they will see the face of God. You get it? This city from heaven, Jesus' bride, looks pretty international. It's a community, a multitude of different cultures and peoples and dialects and odors and diets of Jesus' disciples making other disciples. And you just need to understand that what we get from John is a glimpse of the completed church. God's desire of the unified, perfected church is international. No more barriers of sin and death at that moment. No more obstructions of race at that moment. No more separation by oceans and time zones and language. This new creation that John talks about, this new heaven and this new earth will unite God's people. His faithful journeymen and women will unite all of God's people He's with us today, but all those boundaries, financial boundaries and cultural boundaries and, and, and racial boundaries, all of those boundaries will be eliminated one day. 
And we won't have to travel all over to get the experience. It will just be. Every boundary will be transcended by the Lamb. The body of Jesus married to the Lord Jesus. The church is the most amazing organism on the face of the earth. The most amazing community. Jesus people from every nation influencing other people of other nations. Churches influence is possible because Almighty God has called us out from this old decaying world into to move forward into something new with all kinds of possibilities that we can never hardly think about or imagine. He's called us out as his bride from the world, for the world, with an eternal gospel. You are a key part to the church. You are a key part to the bride of Jesus. It's my desire for you while you're here at BBC. It's my desire that you experience, that you taste, that you touch, that you smell, that you hear, that you see the international face of God, that you gaze at his face from around the world and you experience it firsthand on foreign soil possibly. And you struggle through the jet lag. (laughs) Over time zones. And, and the striking smells and flavors and odors of food that you catch that. And, and you experience all the colors of the clothing that's out there. And you experience the common language of handshakes or hugs. You stay awake at night by the sounds of frogs. And you stay awake at night by the sounds of roosters at every watch of the night. And you experience what it means to sing hymns and songs. And you dance with worship you've never thought of dancing to before. And the Bible always being the constant, experiencing the warmth of the beautiful smile of children and youth laughing and elders and pastors praying. That's my desire that you have that experience. Many faculty and staff here and some of our students have actually had that experience. You should over lunches or over a coffee or in their office pick the brains of our faculty and staff about their encounter. BBC views itself as a bridesmaid for this international bride. My desire, my prayer, as we are a bridesmaid helping the bride, my desire is we equip you well. You play a role cross-culturally. Whether you fly or not is not the deal. Whether you got to get a visa or not is not the problem. We're talking right here. In our country, in our city, that you understand the internationed bride and the potential of the bride for many don't yet know who Jesus is. My desire, my prayer is this worldwide word would catch you. You'd be gripped by this word worldwide that you would love to serve the church. That you would fall deeper in love and you'd want to invest in the church and you'd love to pray for the church and you would strengthen and beautify the church with all the quirks of the church. That you'd apply grace to the church, no matter the size, no matter the demographic makeup, no matter the language, no matter the skin color, no matter the generational differences, no matter the music, no matter the economic strata. That you would love the called out ones that you are a part of. Here at BBC, we, we pray you fall in love with Jesus' bride. That you will, as I did, commit yourself to cross-cultural Christian work and let God figure out what that looks like. That you would befriend international students living right here in Boise or the U.S. That you would plant a church that commits its income 
for an international church plant. Wouldn't that be awesome? That we don't just raise income just for us, but for another church plant elsewhere. Or maybe you plug into an established church, a hundred-year-old church, and you help those young men and those young women and those young boys and those fathers and the families in that established church get a grasp of the worldwide face of God like never before. I expect each of you this year will indeed, as a student body, you'll see the face of God. I expect it. Because you're going to be invited to travel with a faculty member to the great Northwest churches, and you'll see the face of God in a new way, different than your own church. And I expect that some of you will travel here in Boise cross-culturally, and you'll experience folks whose original birth language is in English like some from the Burmese church or the Chinese church or the African church right here that BBC has a relationship with in our town. I expect some of you actually travel outside the U.S. to serve with a church that doesn't speak English at all. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready to see the face of God, that your facial recognition would be amped up and sensitive. Get ready. It will look something like this video. Thank you for listening today. Boise Bible College exists to raise up leaders for the church, where we value scholarship, humility, innovation, and community. For more information about Boise Bible College, please see boisebible.edu.